thanks so much for your giving. Uh, like Kyle said, this is going to be a very different morning. If you are new here, visiting with us, checking us out, um, we want to meet you afterwards, but you've come on a very different type of a morning. Um, we have something a little bit different here at Cave First in terms of the way that we uh, rally our core together, that we bring um, our people together. And some churches have membership. And uh, something that we had changed a handful of years ago is we actually transition out of having church members. Um, sometimes when it comes to church membership, that there can be uh, sometimes an unfortunate uh, taste in the back of their mouth regarding what membership, church membership looks like, and sometimes even church politics. And we transition to partnership because we believe that if you're going to be a member of a church, if you're going to be a part of a church, that you should actually be a partner and, and, and be an active, uh, an active involver. That is not even a real word. Actively involved. You're an active involver. It's done, it's set. We've got a new term at K-First. Uh, we want you to be active because uh, we've got churches that are filled with members that don't do much. Well, they write on tithing envelopes toward the pastor, but other than that, not a lot of things get done, but I believe that we should be a church that is active because the church cannot be about the pastor. The church cannot be about the pastor. The church has gotta be about Christ because you and I, you and I were called to be John the Baptist. We're not called to be a Jesus. Jesus is the message. John the Baptist pushed the message of Jesus. And we can't be a people that are pushing our own message and our own um, identities. We push Jesus and we echo Jesus and everything that he says and he does. And so we rally partners together and we do that three times a year and we call them summits. And today we have our first partnership summit of the year where we get to celebrate the goodness of God over the past year. Uh, we get to celebrate what God has done in individual uh, ministries. And we get to also choose our brand new board members for the coming three-year season of our board of trustees. Could I have my staff come on up? Could you welcome the staff of K-First? Much of you stood up, I'm like, I hire more people? What's going on here? Um, I wanted to have a bit of a casual atmosphere where we can just uh, talk to you a little bit and challenge you a little bit. And before we go any further, one of the biggest things that we do at this church is we choose our board members. We do not vote for board members in this church um, because I believe that many times, unfortunately, it could become a, 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 what do you call it, a popularity contest or I just vote for the, for the names that I know. I know none, none of you would never do that on a ballot in your local, like, that name sounds snazzy. Vote for them, all right? Um, we don't do that at K-First. In fact, what we do is, out of our partnership, the people that have chosen to say, I'm committed to the mission, vision of K-First, and I'm partnering with them, with my time, my talents, and my treasure. Out of those partners, we have a committee that chooses names out of that committee, and, that, and those names, uh, we ch and we have, um, we have our finance person checked, let's make sure they're a giver, because our board runs our finances, they oversee our resources, and if you're not a giver, you shouldn't oversee the resources, that's my opinion. And so, out of that group, 
We take all of their names and we literally put it into a bucket. We have prayed over those names. And if we have two seats open like this year, we're going to choose two names. And I don't know if any of you have ever been in a part of a, a business meeting where you voted Lord knows how many times just to find a simple majority. How many of you know sometimes it's hard to get a majority opinion in a church? I got people raising their hands. Y'all have got background in this. And so we've got two board openings uh, because of two people that have served their, I was gonna serve their time. This is not prison. <laughs> but two people who have served their terms. Janine Kloppenstein finished her th uh, third year of her first term. And Janine, just on behalf of the board and behalf of the staff, we just want to say thank you for your wisdom, your sweetness, and your fellowship. Thank you so much, Janine, for all that you've done. The other stepping off, actually, when we went to this process, he was the first person ever chosen in this process. And our board can only serve two terms in a row, two or three terms in a row. And actually, Nate was chosen twice. And he has finished up six years with us on the board. And by our constitution and bylaws, he has to step off for a year. Nate normally is down there ministering with the kids. And I just want to say, Nate, on behalf of the board, on behalf of the staff, on behalf of this congregation, thank you so much for your service. I've got my van away here, and this is my wife, Anne. Um, what I'm gonna have her do is just pull out two names, and we're gonna have them come forward, and we're gonna pray over those names. And these are gonna be two board members that are gonna come alongside your pastor and your staff and as what I call sacred stewards. What do I mean by that? We're not hoarders at K-First, and yet we're not just thrifty spenders where we just spend everywhere. We are sacred stewards because that which is given to this church, we have a stewardship because it does not belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. And so we, we take communion together, we celebrate together, and we approach our finances and our resources of our building together, and we walk in unity with one another. And I love the diversity around the table of voices and backgrounds, and I love that when we walk out of that place, we walk out as one people and one body representing this great body of believers. So would you choose... Nothing up my sleeve. Choose me one name. I'm going to ask Kevin Belson if you would come forward. He's not here. All right, you gone. Just kidding. Choose me one more. If this person's not here, we'll stop the live stream and restart the live stream. Whitney Bass, where are you at? Come on up. I'm gonna ask for Bonnie to come up and uh, just stand in place of her husband. If you want, you can tell him your name got picked and not even say anything to him. But I'm gonna ask for my staff to surround two of our, our brand new board members and we'll pick alternatives afterwards. But that's that simple because we just wanna believe in the power of the spirit of God. And we wanna believe that God has the ability to, to work through choice, that God has the ability to work through our process and our nominees. Every single one of them were just as qualified as the other, and what we like to do is take it out of man's hands, so to speak, in terms of voting, and we just want to put it into the hands of the Spirit of God and believe that God will set apart two people to join this board of seven and just help us endeavor to make it simple for people to find and follow Jesus. Could you extend a hand toward these, and let's just pray your bless the blessings of God upon them. Spirit of God, we thank you for such a time as this where you have set aside these two, I think of the scriptures in the book of Acts where the Spirit of God said, set apart for us, 
set apart. And Lord, today you have set apart both Whitney and Kevin, God, for this moment and for this time. And so, Lord, I just speak an anointing over Whitney, Lord. I speak an anointing of, over Kevin. And believe in God that you're going to utilize them, Lord. You're, Lord, you're going to help them to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And yet, Lord, when they speak, I believe the wisdom of the Spirit of God is going to breathe through their lives. That you're going to give them a creative mind. You're going to give them a tender heart. God, you're going to give them a, the, the, the vision of a steward that will endeavor to take every dollar and every opportunity we have here at K First, and we endeavor to further your kingdom, God, so that whatever we say and do through our board, through our church, that it would be said that we lifted up the name of Jesus and not the name of man, that we are about the Father's business and not our own. And so we say upon these two, to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the, the only God, be the honor and glory forever and ever. And everyone said, amen. amen. Can we bless our brand new board members? You guys can be seated. Awesome. If you are interested in being a partner at K-First, if you're interested in going through what we call our next class, that's what we're calling. If you're if being attending here, you're ready to take uh, a role as a partner of K-First, you can actually text to 555-888 the word nexting. That's the word that was available, so it just is what it is. Text nexting to that number, 555-888, and we're going to get connected to you. You're going to get something sent to you so you can sign up for our next class. And when you go through the next class, it helps you to understand the heart, the vision of K-First, helps us to help you get connected to the lifeblood of our church. So thank you so much. Um, and I just believe that God's going to do amazing things through the, these new board members. So Pastor Marty is going to read us our scripture this morning. All right. Good morning, everyone. I think they're going to put it up on the screen so you can follow read along there. You don't have to try to say it with me if you want. That's always fun. Here we go. We're going to start out in John. It says this. Jesus said, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the only one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me in the, from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given to me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so bring me glory. Now I am departing from this world, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no, not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, 
and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. You are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed them, you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we sit back and we say amen. Let the words of Jesus Christ and his prayer ring true in our life. God, that we would be in unity with you, in unity with our community of K First, God, and that we would be bold and strong to share you to the world. Father, we give this day to you and we celebrate all that you're going to accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thank you for, again, joining us this morning. I am told I have to stay seated or else I will not stay in the time frame that I have been assigned. <laughs> I don't think it's true, but I'm just going to, I'll just stay here. In the prayer of John 17, it's called the High Priestly Prayer. I would encourage you to read it, um, especially coming off a series on the Trinity. It is what I would call a very Trinitarian approach to, uh, to God because Jesus prays, let them be one as we are one. He says that to the Father. Let them, first he's talking about the disciples. Let them be one. Well, he starts out praying for himself. Then he prays for his disciples. Then he prays for us, anybody who would come after them as a result of their ministry. And then he finally prays for the world. Let them be one as we are one. The heart of the Trinity is actually in this, and yet the heart of oneness is pour, pours out of this. Uh, something to kind of note about prayer is this. Prayer is the reminder that I am not in control, but it keeps me close to the one who is. Prayer is that reminder that I am not in control. That's why we ought to be a people of prayer because that's that reminder, it's that place of humility because prayer should not be a place where we just come with our to-do list for God. He is not genie in the bottle. He's not, it's, this is not Aladdin here. This is the place where we come before God not to give him what we want, but prayer becomes the place where we hear his heart and we sit close to the one who has things under his control. 
And so that's why we are a people of prayer. That's why we start off with prayer. Everything we do from choosing board members to prepping for messages to getting ready for kids' church or whatever we do, we prep with, with prayer. So Jesus prays and he begins to pour himself out and he prays concerning the disciples. Now that I'm departing from the world, they're staying but I am coming to you, so Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. The scripture that you guys read says, so they will be one just as we are. There is an amazing word, and the word is perichorsius. And I butchered the name there. But it literally means a mutual indwelling. And it's used to describe the inner relationships of the Trinity. That is the love and the unity of the three in one. One theologian says that we are created things intended to communicate something about God that we might discover the perichordic fingerprints, the traces of the unity throughout creation. In other words, that the unity the Godhead has, you and I ought to show. And I believe that is the one of the greatest testimonies to the world is the way the church walks as one. It is hard for us to proclaim the love of God when we hate each other. It's hard to proclaim the love of Jesus and the power of mercy if we as churches and denominations are attacking each other. We are not called to attack one another. We're all to come into oneness underneath one King of Kings and one Lord of Lords. And so he prays that over the disciples because how many of you know in the story that as soon as Jesus got arrested, they all split. So Jesus is praying that these guys who are about to leave me, that they would come back together as one. And then he prays for you and I in verse 20 and 21. He says, I pray not just for these dudes, but also for all who would ever believe in me through their message. Jesus prayed for you before you were even a thought. And he prays for all believers. I want you to get this. Jesus prayed that we would be one. But unity is not the same as uniformity. We have strength in our diversity. It's what I love about my church board is every voice around that board is an equal voice. Nobody has a heavier voice than the others. Uh, well, I guess Pastor Dave has got a heavy voice because he's a pastor, but the reality is I need their wisdom. And so even the heaviness of a collective voice helps guide me. There's sacred sages around that table. And yet every single one of them from their own backgrounds and personalities brings a stewardship and a wisdom to that place. And it tells me that we don't need more Daves around that table. We need Whitney's and we need Kevin's. We need more people. We need more diversity around the table. And that's why this body, is, it's been in my heart to make sure that we are as diverse as we can be. And not just in skin color, not just nationality, but in backgrounds and the upbringings. That we're not just after a cookie cutter place of Christianity. We need people that look like the world, the body of Christ worldwide. And the more that we look like the nations of the world, the more that we can, people can actually see a taste of heaven. We've got to be a people that walk as one. And he desires that same oneness. But I understand that the idea of church unity is often more appealing than the work it takes to be authentically united. Because talking about unity is way easier than doing it. It is easier to switch sections than to actually make up with the person that we were sitting next to. It's easier to sit in the balcony. Not that the balcony of people have ever done this. I'm not saying that. I don't know any rumors or anything at all. 
but it's easier to sit into a different spot. It's easier to change a church than it is to battle for unity in the body of Christ. It's easier to blast somebody on Facebook or to be passive aggressive than to actually engage in the body of Christ. When Jesus said in Matthew 18, if you have something against somebody else, what he wasn't saying was post on a social media. He's saying, listen, drop your, drop your pride, suck up the humility and go to them because the goal is not to make you best friends. The goal is to be one. The goal isn't for you to be buddy-buddy forever, but the goal is that we could exist together in a community of Christ that is focused upon him and him crucified and to go after him. I love how Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 4.3. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together. Now, can you, can you notice what it doesn't say in the scripture? Hey, Pastor Dave, make every effort to keep everybody happy. It doesn't say that. I had a little, little kid over here who said, no, that's right. <laughs> but the onus is on you and I. It's to make every effort. It doesn't say, make the effort you see other people making towards you. It doesn't say, only give reciprocal responses so if they serve you, then you serve them. Listen, the body of Christ was not meant to be the leaders of people to be served. We were meant to model Jesus, which means that we look for ways to serve. We look for ways to honor other people. We look for opportunities to forgive. We look to assume the best in other people instead of just thinking the worst in them. Well, they're people of the world. Well, no, so you're of the world. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be in the same spot that they are in. But the scripture says, may Make every effort to lead the way. Thank you, Dana. You're awesome. <laughs> but if we're going to be a one people that stands as one body to reach one world, we've got to do what it says that we will make every effort. But I don't want to be taken advantage of. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to be taken advantage of. Your mercy will be taken advantage of. People will always repay you with what you deserve. But we don't do things by what we get. We do whatever it takes to make the name of Jesus be lifted up and honored above all things. And at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to matter. I love what Andy Stanley says. He's like, listen, how many of you are part of the Whig party? Nobody raises their hands. He's, he starts laying off these old political parties that no longer exist. He says, you know why you're not a part of the party? Because it no longer exists. And we, that's why we can't get so wrapped up with our designations of our politics. Let's get wrapped up with Jesus because it is the kingdom is the only thing that will outlast it all. And we have to make every effort to be a people who are one. So how do we do this oneness? Let me sit back down. How do we do the oneness? I gotta settle down. <laughs> Number one, unity with others is a heart issue of love and humility. I need some of you to write that down. Unity with others has nothing to do with their response. It is a heart issue of love and humility. It sounds overly simple, but it's not. Because I think two of the hardest things in this world to do is love people and to be humble about it. Is two of the hardest things, but it reflects the heart of the Trinity for us. Because being more like Jesus should not make you a lousy human. Being a follower of Jesus should not make us a lousy human. We ought to be people 
that reflect the love and the humility that Christ showed us. Because unity is not something that is easy. It takes intentional effort and investment. Number two, be who you are in Christ everywhere. If we're going to be a people that is unified, then we have to be who we are in Christ everywhere that we go. When it comes to duplicity, you can really hurt people by being something to them in private and being something, to, something else in another spot. And I know we all have like, we got our work modes. My pastors will say that I've got, there, there's preacher Dave, and then there's staff meeting Dave. What was that? The sports Dave. No idea what she's talking about. But we can literally destroy the testimony of Christ by being two-faced. And the scripture says in the book of James that a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. People need to know. People need to know that the preacher, who he is, and really the nature of who he is is the same person that you're going to find at Buffalo Wild Wings or in Meyer or wherever else. And people need to see the same integrable person that has love and humility. See the same person they would see here lifting their hands as they do putting their hands to the, to the plow and working in the field somewhere. Number three, thank you for that hand. Number three, unity does not mean stop what you are doing and come over and support what I'm doing. Unity means we find a way to move forward together. I have seen so many people leave churches, including this one, because they've got a passion for something and because somebody else didn't catch that passion or this person didn't do their passion that We've got disunity or one or the other person's not hearing from Christ. But understand the reason why we've changed to tables and training and to teams is so that we, the body, can hear from Jesus and actually move forward together. Because if we're all doing the exact same little thing, then we can't be diverse in how we reach this community. We need people to have a gift to work with kids, a gift to work with teenagers. We need to have to have people to work with a gift to work with adults because y'all are harder to work with, with middle school than middle schoolers or kids. Some of you don't believe me. It's a lot dealing with you. It's a lot dealing with me. We've got to be a people. Thank you for the amen. There's, we've got to be a people that are diverse in a way that doesn't say, stop and do what I'm doing but a people that says, hey, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, you're going to do, and together we can still pursue Jesus by reaching a world in diverse ways. And fourthly, unity doesn't just happen. It must be strategically cultivated, nourished, protected, and fought for. I'm telling you what, I can preach on unity once a month through the year and not exhaust everything that scripture says about unity. Because if there's anything the devil likes to do is he likes to take a singular vision and he likes to bring in this word called division. God's got a vision for this church and so does the devil. The devil has division, multiple visions. And if he can get different visions going different directions, he knows the church can't move forward. And we've got to be a people that are willing to fight for unity. We've got to stop fighting for our, our preferences. We've got to stop fighting over worship styles. We've got to stop fighting over lights. We've got to stop fighting over the ways that we do things because methods will come and go, but the principles will always be the same. We will always be people that will be after Jesus, people full of the Spirit of God, people who will overflow with generosity. We're going to be people of the Scriptures. We're going to fight for marriage. We're going to fight for families. And you don't have to agree with someone's viewpoint to walk in unity and to follow after Jesus. But that's who we're going to be and we're going to fight for it. 
We're going to push through our, our, our modes that we get into. We're going to push past, past bad hair days and what we think other people are thinking. I had one person wanting to leave the church one time because they thought somebody doesn't like them. And, I, and he found out later, nope, they just didn't notice I was standing there. We got to fight for what's right. We got to fight. I was going to go into Beastie Boys, fight for your right to party. I knew where you were going. Oh, I find you so sexy right now. It's in your head. You figured out a way to throw me, baby. Imagine if we had a body of Christ that, not, that instead of looking for where we are different, if we actually fought for what unifies us. Give us people who are willing to get off the mat because they haven't heard a bell ring in the background. Our fight is not over. And we're, we're fighting for the unity of the body of Christ. And that's what we're after as a collective group here. I think the greatest miracle on the day of Pentecost was not necessarily the spirit of God falling is that when people put their ear to the door and they heard the group of people that were behind that door crying out toward God, they were in one place and they were in unison. Our testimony to the world will be poured through our unity. Well, I love people, I don't have to like them. I think you need to suck it up, buttercup. Because there's gonna be a lot of people in heaven that you may not like. We have to suck it up and realize that we have to fight for the unity of the body of Christ because I think it will be one of the most powerful testimonies to the world. And so I brought up our diverse body up here that, uh, of just different personalities and backgrounds, and we've just got amazing staff. Uh, we did have a, uh, a Kelly, Pastor Matt's uh, wife, is actually, she's uh, hanging out with Kanye down in Miami today. Actually, I don't know if she's with Kanye, but uh, she's uh, away on a much-deserved vacation and so that's why Pastor Matt's up here chilling with us. So uh, I want to ask my staff uh, just to kind of share about this last year. When we talk about fighting for unity and seeing what God works through within the unity of a church and the miracles that can happen. Because understand in Psalms 133 it says where there is unity God commands his blessing. And if we want the command of blessing in our church we've got we to fight for unity. So the question is, what have we seen happen in 2019? The things that we can highlight, this comes out of this oneness that we are constantly fighting and working towards. What type of things have come out of it? Yeah, so for Kids First, I'm Pastor Kevin, by the way. I oversee kids in nursery um, with Sheena Bast, our nursery director. But man, lots of great things happened this past year um, with kids and in nursery. And I think the thing that comes to my mind that I want to celebrate the most is really just the awesome team of people that come every Sunday morning to serve our kids and in our nursery who show our kids God's love in a real and tangible way. Um, that's what it's all about. And so I'm thankful for people like that that come alongside and make ministry happen here for our kids. Um, another great thing that happened last year that we do every year is we partner with Kingdom Builders um, on a couple different service projects. And new this past year, we were able to work with the nonprofit called Fleece and Thank You. And what Fleece and Thank You does is they actually put together fleece blankets for kids in the hospital. And so we were able to have a group of families come together um, from the church um, with their kids and make these fleece blankets. And they got to record messages to the kids that will be receiving them. And it was just a great time to see our families come together and um, just do a 
do a way to serve those that are going through a hard time and to show them God's love. And, and that's what it's about for our kids here at K-First, not just to tell them what to know about God, but to show them how they can live out their faith in everyday life. And so things like that where we can tangibly serve and love those in our community, um, that's what we're all about. And so, yeah. He put me to talk. Um, so um, at the beginning of 2019, at the beginning of every year, Pastor always gives a, um, God just gives them uh, like a quote or something to base the year off of. And he um, said 2019 was going to be a year of more unity, of we are one. And at the beginning of the year, it didn't feel like we were one, felt kind of rocky. Uh, the year started out rocky, but it was really awesome how God worked um, because pastor was talking about unity and um, peace and humility. And I think um, what happened was God repositioned everything and we saw a great unity and leadership. And um, we kept our faith in God and um, prayer is what got us through um, some really hard times at the beginning of the year, but we've seen growth and we've seen a strong leadership come together. And um, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing here in Kalamazoo, Portage area, and the surrounding areas if it wasn't for the partnership of, of you guys, for all of you. And I know that in this room, um, there are people that are praying for us. I know that um, the leadership here, the pastors, um, staff, you have all um, helped us to see that we're not alone. And we have just um, seen really big things happen. So That's thank awesome. you. Hey, can we give it up? It's Pastor Juan. He turned 50 this past week. Can we give it up for Pastor Juan? Va a ser el miércoles. Va a ser, va a ser, va a ser miércoles. Miércoles va a ser. On Wednesday is his birthday. Plus 50, pero me siento como de 25. I feel like I'm 25. Okay. Uh, I'm Kurt. Uh, Creative Arts Communication. Um, my wife and I have been here for uh, nine years now um, serving. It's a real blessing to serve uh, this church and with this staff. Um, 2019, uh, we did some things here in the worship center, a little refresh of stage, a couple of sidewalls, and then um, just the three T's in the, in the back area that we've uh, launched here recently. Um, the live feed, we've um, endeavored to make some improvements uh, there. If um, you have noticed the live feed drop, we're actually in process uh, fighting the good fight against technology uh, for you. And um, so uh, going forward, I think that will be uh, much more stable for you guys. Not able to uh, be here, uh, maybe you're out of town and tune in for a live service. So we love to do that for you. Um, we launched a podcast, so we're up on uh, iTunes uh, or whatever it's called now, where you get your podcasts. Um, and then uh, I guess finally um, bringing baptisms from up there to down here and doing that for the first time this morning, just making the experience of baptism uh, more a more intimate a a occasion. So kind of looking forward to that. So it's a a couple highlights from 2019. Thanks. And I'm Pastor Abby, his wife. 
And uh, so I'm in charge of worship. And um, I mean, we do this every week and we're up on the platform and you guys see us. But um, I want to say thank you to you guys as a congregation. I've led worship at lots of places before. And this congregation has still always been the one that like, you guys really join in with us and you really participate. I never feel like we're up here putting on a show. You guys are like right with us. And there's times where even if I have my in-ears in and my, you know, so I'm listening to my monitors, you guys are singing so loud I can hear you and I love it. And um, this year God has brought some amazing new people to the team, some awesome musicians and singers, as well as as people up in the tech booth. And um, so I just want to give a shout out to the whole team. We love you guys so much. And yeah, go ahead and give them a clap. They um, they come every week and um, and and help us enter God's presence and everybody up in the tech booth. I mean, it's kind of a job that no one sees, and but they're the ones making sure that you can see the screens, that you can read the screens, that you can hear us up here on the platform. So, out to you guys. Thank you so much to the tech team, and um, yeah, you can clap for them too. <laughs> One of our uh, favorite things to do, uh, my favorite thing to do through the whole year, uh, besides our weekly uh, uh, meetings, is our candlelight Christmas service. We pull out all the stops. We have so much fun putting that, that on for you guys and, and having families come and have an amazing um, experience. And so if you haven't come to one, come this year. And um, we, we get to do all the, all the fun things that we singers and musicians like to do. So... So thank you so much for always being here and pre- and preparing your hearts. And we can really sense that when we're up here. It's just, it's an honor for us to serve you. And um, I'm so thankful for our team. We have such unity in our team as we're talking about this. Friendship. I feel like our team's a family. We're not just like people that meet sometimes. Like, I feel like we're family, we're friends. And God has continued to bring people that have just amazing hearts and are humble. No one is a diva. No one uh, is is uh, takes themselves too seriously. Everybody just is willing to serve. And um, we just are so privileged to serve this church and uh, this team. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt. I'm uh, the youth pastor uh, here at K-First, so I work with uh, teenagers in middle school and high school, so like 6th, 7th grade, all the way through uh, 12th grade. Uh, Thinking back on 2019 and a little bit of the beginning of this year, we've had a lot of growth in in our students and in in our team, our adults that serve the students. A couple areas for our students that I've seen growth in um, is learning how to handle conflict, um, which is something that doesn't just go away when you become adult. You don't just like miraculously figure out like how to handle conflict. And so, but we are seeing a lot of teenagers um, lean into the awkward conversations and lean into uh, being open about what they're feeling and thinking, what's kind of going on. And um, seeing students have like common ground with each other, realizing that they're their experiences and their history and their background is different, but the emotions that come out of those experiences are actually really similar. And so therefore, they have commonality and they realize that they uh, both need hope, you know, that students, they, they together need love and acceptance. And so watching, um, you know, teenagers that are here today, watching them come together and be friends and uh, even though they have conflict and work through that, that's really meaningful to me. Another area with teenagers is uh, seeing them be more vulnerable and open. And uh, we've been talking a lot about how 
if you want to be whole or if you want to experience wholeness, that you have to learn to lean into openness. And um, so seeing that happen within our teenagers uh, is really a beautiful thing. Again, realizing that their experiences are different, their backgrounds are different, their parents come from different places, but the emotions, again, that they experience are very similar. And so they find common ground and they can encourage each other um, in the Holy Spirit through that. We have a lot of unity at our team as well, even though we are very diverse different political views, ideologies, backgrounds, languages even, but our team comes together to invest into students every single week to be strategic and intentional um, through a long period of time. We want adults to stay with teenagers from middle school all the way through high school so that they'll have a faith that lasts beyond high school. And so I'm really thankful that uh, our team is diverse, but we come together in the unity of Christ um, because we we have a hope for for the next generation. We have a hope for young people. And so thank you for your generosity in supporting us and supporting us financially for winter retreat and so on. And uh, we so appreciate your prayers and uh, looking forward to uh, 2020 being a wonderful year of growth for our teenagers. Thanks. Hi, I'm Bob. I'm the operations manager here. I think the one thing that strikes me about this last year is the word thank you and being thankful because uh, in the last year I've seen so many, I've just been looking about the congregation here and I've just seen people everywhere that have said yes to serving, Uh, yes to, to what God is asking them to do. Um, and it's been, it, it's been such a blessing for me to see that. Um, and it's been a learning time for me because sometimes you have to let go of something. Yeah, oh, but that's, uh, okay, it's just, I gave it to you. This is what you're doing. And God's taught me that in a, in a much powerful way this last month. Um, uh, gone through illnesses and injury this last month, coming out the backside, which is great. Um, but I've seen people step up of all ages, step up to help. How can I help? Do you need anything? Um, and that's, that's my highlight. So thank you so much. Hey, my name's Kyle. I'm the uh, Director of Missions and Kingdom Builders here at K-First. 2019 was a phenomenal year. Every year um, that we've been doing Kingdom Builders and that I've been overseeing our missions and our support missionaries, I feel like every year is leaps and bounds and improving. And um, there are so many stories I could share um, because a lot of it happens behind the scenes and I'm working to see that become more upfront. But um, just want to share a couple big things. Uh, last year, we were able through, or you were able to, through Kingdom Builders, to partner with eight organizations. And two of those were brand new. Uh, one of them was Courage Church over in Detroit. And the second one is called 410 Bridge. They're a phenomenal organization that partners a church community with a community in need of financial help and growth. And they kind of partner the communities together uh, for a long period of time to see them mutually help each other. Um, 
And then we were able to add five new missionaries to our monthly support. Um, and on top of that, we were also able to follow through with our words to our already supported missionaries. A few years back, we had to bring back our support of them because um, we're working to become better stewards of our finances. And we had a uh, decreased their giving, but we said, hey, we're going to get back to our 100. And that last year, we were able to follow through with that word and get our missionaries back to $100, all of our missionaries back to $100 a month, which is huge um, because a lot of times churches say things to missionaries and then they never follow through. So it speaks volumes to our missionaries that we support that we actually, even if it takes a few years, that we, we remember our word and we, and we follow through with it. And then also through Kingdom Builders, we partner with teams, um, or we enable teams to happen here, and there's quite a few that are going on, and um, one of them is called the Food Pantry Team. Uh, they, they serve once a month. They have a guest night, and I just want to share a cool story from that. It kind of gives an idea of what the heart of Kingdom Builders and what the impact you guys have um, through Kingdom Builders is, is there was a guest that came for the first time one night. Um, she was, like, at the end, of the end of the line. Hope was just non-existent. She literally had a suicide note in her purse, and the Food Pantry Team offers prayer and have a room where people are dedicated praying and, and just loving on people and so she felt like she needed to go there so she did and she got prayer um, and just uh, Jesus met her in that moment through uh, a, a, per, a person that was serving with the team and just felt like they need they actually weren't always at the guest nights but they felt like they needed to be there that day and they were and it was just a Holy Spirit encounter and this person met Jesus they found the ultimate hope um, gave their life to Christ and is, and is moving on. And so that's a small glimpse of what Kingdom Builders is, what you're doing through Kingdom Builders. Um, there's a lot of awesome things in store for 2020. Good morning. My name is Janice, and I have the opportunity and the privilege to oversee the prayer ministry here at Cape First. And on behalf of the prayer ministry team, the entire team, we rejoice that the Lord is still in the business of hearing the cries of our hearts. He's still walking with us through the journeys of life, bringing us hope, healing, faith, comfort, strength, joy, peace, provision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and in our pursuit of the more um, of, of God, the one thing the Lord has been consistently doing with the prayer team over the past year is teaching each of us the importance and the significance of a deeper um, and more intimate relationship with him and with each other. And that's what we've committed ourselves to over the course of this last year. And I believe we're beginning and continuing to see really good fruit from that. And, you know, the beautiful thing about getting to know our Lord more intimately and um, is that it tends to have a natural flow as a result. And, and primarily that is a greater capacity to hear his voice and hear it more clearly, which then in turn means that we're able to pray more effectively for you and the needs that you have. So today we celebrate the fact that God is always pursuing us. He desires us to know him more and delights to partner with us as we minister to one another. Well, hello. There it is. It's on. I'm Pastor Marty. I'm a senior associate here. Um, I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. It's, it's an amazing journey and trip that I get to see. It starts out, 
I kind of look like I'm a person, I get just to connect dots of the things that God's doing and help facilitate uh, staff here, um, help support Pastor Dave. Uh, many of you, until you've experienced uh, being in the ministry and know how hard it is to be a to be a lead pastor and everything that that entails. And it's been my privilege this past year just to be uh, standing and helping Pastor Dave accomplish this big vision that, that uh, God has put on his heart for K-First, Kalamazoo, and all of Michigan. And so if, I, if Bob had his word of thankfulness, mine has been the... Honestly, two words. It's the privilege of serving. I guess that's three. We'll drop the of. But that's my goal. And this past year, 2019, the years are flying by. Um, that's what I've really felt. I felt like we're finally gaining some traction in serving properly, serving one another, serving the community in the way that, that uh, honors Jesus Christ. And so that's been great portion. That kind of deals with our running up of our three T's, getting that going, prayer ministry, discipleship, all of those things just kind of at the back, just helping push and nudge a little along. And it's, it's just so satisfying when I get to the end of the year and go, God, you're amazing. This, you connected this. This happened. We see this moving forward, and the blessing's going to come. So I, I just, it's just so awesome. I'm, a lot of times I'm overwhelmed by that. Um, there is a little bit of stress, but that's okay. I've got my wonderful wife, Lisa. She keeps me grounded. <laughs> I couldn't do it without her. Um, but the other portion of what I do is dealing with administration and finance. I work along with the the board of trustees, and specifically with Chris Dune, who is our treasurer of the of the church, and um, together we steward the finances and the resources of K First. And um, God has placed a big vision for us, and the biggest vision He had when it came to finances were finances are not the ruling class; They're, it's a tool. It's a tool that needs to be used wisely, but it's a tool. And so uh, with that idea behind, Chris is the treasurer, is going to come up, and he's going to kind of give you a report of where we were last year, which is a huge celebration. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Pastor Marty. Um, sticking with the, the word theme, I guess my word would be appreciation. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to serve along with the other board members um, to serve the K-First body. Um, and I also appreciate all of you who, um, not only on Sunday, but throughout the week, are the church. And being part of the church um, is appreciation of your give, giving. Um, and so I want to tell you a little bit about um, some of the giving and some of the numbers. Um, I've got a couple slides. One of the biggest, um, st sticking with the, 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 the theme of praise um, and celebration, is um, one of the biggest is that in this last year, um, this, this last grid, as you can see, is um, for the first time in several years, um, KFERS didn't operate as a deficit in 2019. Um, because of your generous giving, we actually brought in more money than we put out and spent. Um, so that is a testament to um, this team and their judicious um, spending habits, um, as well as the, the, the gifts and the generosity of you guys as KFIRST 
um, partners and attendees. So thank you for that. Um, and as you can see, like I said, the goal is for um, that to only continue in the coming years. Um, the, the numbers behind that, the actual number was um, we were at a surplus of $32,000. So um, that is a big praise to the Lord. So in the next slide, um, you can see where that money was spent, um, broken up into three categories, the administration, um, administration ongoing, the facilities, so the building and operations, um, and then lastly, the 36% given to the ministries. Um, and as I said, that's a big part of these awesome stories and these testimonies that you've heard here today. Um, and then the last slide is where our funds are. If you look, the largest is our general fund um, that is at 69%. Um, not included in that surplus is Kingdom Builders. So that $32,000 doesn't even represent um, the dollars that were given towards Kingdom Builders. Um, and then also the scholarship fund. Um, and then lastly, the contingency fund. That's what the church uses um, as kind of an emergency fund, because just like you in your personal lives, sometimes things happen at the church that we don't expect, and it's nice to be able to have those funds to pay for those things so that we don't have to take from ministry or take from the general fund. So our goal is to continue to build that contingency fund and also to continue to expand um, the ministries that you're hearing about today. So um, on behalf of the board, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Chris. Six years ago, maybe even longer, but I know specifically six years ago, I started with a dream. Um, and that dream really kind of came out of a statement that I made when you voted me in as your pastor 11 years ago that I wanted to be ascending church. I wanted to expand the kingdom of God's footprint in southwest Michigan. Um, God has called us here for a reason and God has placed us here to not just build something here at 5550 Oakland Drive, but that we would expand beyond our borders and to do something in the kingdom of God. And last year, I mean, even with some unexpected expenses with your giving, we surplus over $40,000. And not including kingdom builders, and I'm like, Lord, you're beginning to really utilize our people in the area of generosity. You're beginning to stretch us, but... I believe that he was at the same time, he's preparing us for a next stage of K-First. Six years ago, I, just, I started asking our district office, if you don't know, we're part of the, the Assemblies of God worldwide, and we're part of the Michigan District of the Assemblies of God to help oversee us. And I started asking them for opportunities to expand the footprint of K-First. I began to ask them that they would, I frankly just said, hey, that church over there, could you just give it to me? They're like, why would we give you another church? I'm like, is anybody else asking? I want to do something that nobody else is doing, and I want to do something that would help bring the kingdom of God to some of the areas of southwest Michigan that I care so deeply for. And over the past six years, we've had numbers of conversations. I've met with churches. I've met with church boards. I've had conversations with district leadership, and we've watched God close some doors. Some doors are not fully closed. And at the same time, we begin to see slowly some doors open up. Two weeks ago, I sat with the, the board of the entire state on a Monday, and I presented a, a dream and a vision to them. Because there's a local church of ours 
here in the Assemblies of God that was closing down. In fact, it closed down in October. The city is Paw Paw, Michigan. The city's so nice they named it twice. <laughs> city with the popular, uh, the Paw Paw proper is 3,300 people. 35% of that 3,300 claim a religious affiliation, either Catholic or Christian, which tells me that there's another, what, 65%-ish, give or take, of people there just in the town that just don't associate with anything. And I think they deserve a healthy Assemblies of God church. I've got a letter from November 25th, 1947 that is written to the pastor of Kalamazoo First Assembly of God by the people who are trying to plant a church in Pawpaw, Michigan, saying, would you just send us some help? In 2020, we're going we're gonna to respond to that letter. And as of two weeks ago, the board of Michigan for the Assemblies of God, the Presbyter Board, voted unanimously to give us a location in Paw Paw, Michigan, a church. We don't have to pay for it. They're giving us the land and they're giving us the building to do something so out of the box for us. And we'll put up a map. We'll show you where it's located. And it's just located right off the, right off the freeway. But we're actually going to sell the land and we're going to sell the building. The church has been through quite a lot over the past few decades. And we're going to take those funds, put it into a restricted fund, and we're actually going to move a new location into downtown, uh, downtown Pawpaw. And so the vision that I'm going to lay before you today is a vision of being one church in two locations. I've got a bigger dream than that, but I don't want to scare anybody today. But I've got a dream of putting something in downtown Pawpaw that will be K-first in another site. I want to take what we're doing in the DNA of, of what we do here and actually put it into the city for which 65% of the city doesn't associate with anything in terms of a church relation. Maybe they were hurt. Maybe they just feel lost. Maybe they felt left behind. Maybe they've never had, a, had an adequate witness. And dang it, I believe Pawpaw deserves it. They deserve it. And so as a church body, we are going to put a piece of us in Pawpaw. The goal is by 2021. So if you put up the next graphic, we're going to have K first at 5550 Oakland Drive. And we're not going to call it P first or PP first because that's weird. <laughs> I thought I'd say it before you started whispering it. <laughs> but coming up in 2021, we are going to be one church with two locations. And when I told the board of Michigan, thank you, I also told them I'd be back again. Because I got bigger dreams. I wanted to be a sending church. And I didn't know what that meant 11 years ago, but I'm beginning to see some of that roll out. And when you give the K first, you're giving so that we can bless other cities, other areas, 
to begin to grow ministry opportunities because I believe that every town, regardless how big or small the city, the village, whatever the terminology is, they deserve a healthy church. And just because they may not have more than 10 or 20 or 30,000 people doesn't make them lesser than. They need a healthy body there. They need a spirit-filled body there. They need a voice in their wilderness that's willing to echo the name of Jesus to them. And so we in 2021, we're going to start with Papa. We're going to start with a Saturday night live service. Oh, pastor, you're going to preach. I'm going to preach there on Saturday night. Then you guys are going to get me on Sunday morning here. We're going to hear over the next year and a half a challenge of asking some of you to consider to have that be the church location that you worship at. We're going to need kids workers. We're going to need youth workers. We're going to need kingdom builder opportunities. We're going to need your investment more than just finances. We're going to need your labor to renovate a location and to have a relaunch of a brand new church in Pawpaw, Michigan. This is going to be an endeavor that is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time. It's, we're going to need prayer walks throughout the city of Pawpaw. We're going to need time to work on buildings and have our hands get a little bit dirty. We're going to have opportunities to go and just reach that local community. And I'm praying that God would do more than we would ever ask or imagine. And we would step back and say, God, what is next? Because this is just the start. I believe God's going to do amazing things, and I'm glad that you're on board with us. And I know some of you have got a lot of questions about the hows, the whats, the whens. We've got all of those questions, too, because we are the first church in the Assemblies of God, Michigan District, that's just literally been handed a church with no congregation and said, do something with it. One pastor, one of our presbyters from up north said this. He said, listen, it is a heck of a risk but because of what K-First has done, we believe the risk will be worth it because there is fruit in the risk. You've got a board that is behind you 100% in the Michigan district. In fact, I have got a video from our district superintendent. He oversees the entire state and he just wants to greet you. Hi, Pastor Dave. Hi, Ann. Hi, K-First. Hi, everybody. Hey, we can't be with you today to uh, celebrate the new launch that you're going to be embarking on in Paw Paw, but uh, we are fans. We're K-First fans, we're sure. Paw Paw fans, we're Pastor Dave and Ann fans, and we are cheering you on. We're very excited about the possibilities that are ahead of you in Paw Paw as you launch this revitalization, new church plant, whatever verbiage you want to use, but we're so glad that a healthy culture will be planted with your DNA in Pawpaw. And very, very much looking forward to the fruit that will come because of it. So uh, God bless you on this day as you are casting vision at your partner meeting, and uh, we are cheering you on. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. I'm going to ask for my worship team to uh, join me out here. Ushers, if you prepare, we're going to take communion together and just be one body gathering at the Lord's Supper. Staff, if you guys want, you can take your seats. I'm going to give you a quote by one of my favorite theologians. His name's Batman. <laughs> I'm a comic nerd. It says, all men have limits, 
They learn what they are and they learn not to exceed them. I ignore mine. There's many talks that I've had with some pastors and I've had some people about the dreams that I've got. I've heard a lot of, we can't, we can't, there's no way, how would we? But when it comes to the presence of God, I believe that God pushes past our limits. I believe through the power of the Spirit of God, he could push past our preconceived notions of what church can look like or what church should look like. And I believe that God is going to use his creative power, the same creative power that formed and fashioned this world. I believe he's going to do something new within us and he's going to begin to stretch us beyond our limits of what we have been used to doing. My goal is not to create a huge congregation at this location. My goal is to grow the kingdom and I will do whatever it takes and however long it takes because the kingdom of God is worth it because the cities of Southwest Michigan are worth it. And so ushers, would you come forward? We're gonna invite you to the Lord's table together as we celebrate being one body. And we ask that everybody would join us. If you don't feel comfortable joining, you could just observe, but just take those elements and hold those close to you. And when everybody's been served, then we're gonna partake together. But today we're gonna to be one body as we proclaim God's goodness, God's oneness, and the fact of that he has started us in a place and he's ready to launch us forward into new territory. I can't imagine what Israelites felt like leaving slavery. And you may say, well, they must have felt freedom. But understand, those years in the wilderness, there was so much going on because all they knew was one mode of life. And yet God had a place of promise in store for them. And for us, our place is going to be Paw Paw. Worship team, would you lead us as we go into communion?